to my Alright, welcome back my fellow spooky folks. I'm your host Trey Ryan and this is Man of Horror, my horror pod where I talk all things scary. I am so fucking hyped to be back y'all. Like, I missed the show. Um, I I was feeling pretty scattered. Um, I initially planned to do the first full half of the season's 15 episodes, but... I just, I was doing, not to brag, but, like, I was doing a lot of projects, you know, between um, books and pods and guest spots and trying to get back to music and working on my graphic design, like, getting back into my acting, maintaining, like, it was just, it it was a lot, it was a lot, Um, so I just needed a break for a second, but I'm back, and guess what? I did something that I've wanted to do forever. (laughs) I wrote my first horror book. And it's fucking out right now. It's my fourth book, um, but the very first one that is a horror book, it is called The Cicada Diaries. It's a horror anthology series, and this is only volume one. Um, so just to give you an idea, first off, um, one of the biggest rules that I've seen just with, like, you know, looking up tips and, and studying things um, is to write about what scares you. <clears throat> the fucking cicadas are scary. They're like weird. They're creepy. I don't, I don't know about scare. Like I don't know. It, it it invokes different feelings for different people. Um, for me, it's just like an eeriness to them. But um, yeah, you know. So I decided to write about that. And the story is about a character named DeAndre. <clears throat> and basically, his um his dad. His name is DeAndre Tate. He's twenty three years old. And his father, a year prior to where the the book starts, died. And he died while studying cicadas he had found um a, a correlation between when the new cicada broods emerge and like random weird coincidences so it kind of has like this um twilight zone type of feel or like tales from the crypt and so he essentially has a podcast that he names the cicada diaries and shares these stories but as he's sharing them he doesn't realize that there is something that is coming after him for sharing those stories so yeah it's fucking great i am excited um i'm terrified because again i have so much respect for horror that it's like i really want it to be good i really want people to like it and enjoy it um and yeah i'll get i'm only going to get better anyway so check that out it's on amazon um the cicada diaries a horror anthology series now today is part one of my part three Christmas series. Um, I want to, one, review and rate the film Bloody Christmas, or Christmas Bloody Christmas. Sorry, that's what it is. <laughs> and um, then I'm going to share my top five Christmas horror movie kills. And then um, another week in horror. And then lastly, I'll leave off with a Christmas horror recommendation, either um, from a TV show or a film. Let's get into it. Please, God. Yeah. All right, so today I am reviewing Christmas Bloody Christmas. Um, It's uh, obviously a Christmas horror film, um, but it's about uh, basically, right, the army, they have these um, mega, like, robots that they decide to no longer use one way or another, and they end up 
dressed up as like Santa in like certain malls and, and stores across the United States. And one night they all just start fucking malfunctioning and shit. <laughs> and there's like little hints of this like on the news from other cities and stuff, but you don't see it happening at the the um where the, the movie takes place, right? And then you we meet the Santa Claus that's gonna be in this one and yeah. <laughs> um so first thing I wanna say is the movie is fun as fuck. Um there's these two characters that like work together like coworkers, but they're also have like this weird more than friends, less than lovers thing. And the whole like night is kind of built around them hanging out and possibly fucking from being like drunk and all that shit. And like the girl's just like pushing it off. Like I would never like, cause she's kind of like the boss um, or his boss rather. And she's like, you know, I wouldn't just basically pushing it off. I like she wouldn't do it, but clearly we can see that's, that's the direction of the night. But anyway, um, they're, I love, like, the the conversation between the two. Like, they seem like real fucking friends. Like, I would believe that they actually knew each other um, and that, like, this was, like, genuine dialogue. <laughs> um, just the way that they talk to each other and stuff like that. Like, it just, it worked out really well. Um, so, in that respect, I like the main characters. Um, another thing I want to say is... The opening, like, there's, like, an opening commercial that kind of explains what I was saying about, like, the plot, you know, what the Santa Claus is. And it's very reminiscent of, like, VHS or some shit. Like, there's that old-timey, like, fucking 80s, 90s, well, more so 80s, like, 80s commercial is what it looks like. And this movie, it's ironic because it does have, it doesn't take place in the 80s. It's, it's current. But the commercial that takes place is, which was interesting. Now I'm looking back on it. But it does have a very... 80s look and feel at some point um with that i do love the lighting in this one um the look of it is just so fucking cool like it there was a constant like diff, like lighting adjustments no matter what where the scene you know obviously it's christmas and so there's like a mixture of christmas lights and like different neon and shit like that and it's just it was like I fucking love neon and lights, so anybody that knows that about me, like, you know, I was fucking in love, like, um, the score of it was very 80s, too, music-wise, like, the, the, the score throughout was just, like, it felt like fucking, <laughs> it felt like a West Carpenter, like, fucking, you know, uh, uh West, I said West Carpenter, <laughs> terrible Wes Craven or John Carpenter like um both literally like it just had like that feel for like an old um 80s 90s early 90s late 80s actually I didn't say late 80s throughout the 80s um but just again that old timey score that just really accompanied the scene so fucking perfect that you just felt engulfed in it you know um with that now I had to get on some of the parts that I didn't necessarily like. <laughs> um, there's a lot of annoying character moments in this. The main girl, she's she's very likable up until shit hits the fan. And then she just kind of becomes really stupid. Like, she just starts making dumb ass decisions. And I hate, like, one of my favorite, like, not favorite, I guess, but one of my biggest pet peeves is when a character is going through something. And they encounter somebody who could possibly help, but they're so fucking flustered they can't just gather themselves to make sense. 
and she did that so bad in this. And I'm just like, oh, fucking Jesus, you know. Of course, they find her covered in blood on some shit, dead cops and shit like that, you know. Like, obviously, there's going to be a need to explain what the fuck is going on. So the fact that you are so, like, ah, he's dying, they're dead, I'm just going to, they, they killed him, you need help, you're going to need help, everybody's going to fucking die. Like, you know, you, you look nuts. Um... So fuck that. <laughs> and she does that in this shit. And it's so annoying because, again, like, she was very likable in the beginning. So she seemed like she was smart. And then she just switched and just got just fucking just dumb. Um, outside of that, the cops were fucking annoying and dumb in this one, too. They didn't actually take a second to listen at certain points when it was, like, very beneficial to do. Um, like, not, not a one. There wasn't a one police officer. <laughs> not a one of them was smart. And there's always at least one who's, like, against the, the status quo. But not here. They were all just fucking idiots. Um... And then, like, the other thing, there was two more, like, there's this this thing with this film that, like, certain parts are longer than they need to be. Like, there's these sequences that just feel like they go on forever. Um, there's one, like, where the killer is, like, killing his family, and simultaneously, the guy and the girl, like, you know, they finally fuck around or whatever, and it just goes on, I feel like, forever. <laughs> and, and that's not the only one there's multiple sequences and for that matter the santa lives way too fucking long for me it's like some terminator shit and he just like keeps coming back and it's like what the fuck you know it just it feels like a parody at some point like with the Santa, like but and, like i get it because they're defense robots <laughs> from the fucking army but like come on like he gets fucking blown up and stabbed and cut in half and ran over and just like so many different things happen and and you're like oh okay done and for the movie to be like an hour and 20 minutes it definitely felt a lot longer because of these intensely long fucking sequences um but i'll say overall it is worth a watch it is pretty cool uh, my three likes are pros from it again the lighting this shit was just it, it's fucking great like if you're a lighting person like me you'll enjoy every like scene as far as visuals um the kills they're pretty fun standard slasher shit but it's just like you know think silent night deadly night and terminator <laughs> that's kind of like the the gist of it and for that the plot uh, i do think it was pretty cool um defense robots that malfunction and just fucking go on killing sprees during christmas time What's more Christmassy than that, right? <laughs> um, my three don'ts are like downs of it or whatever, or cons. Um, the long sequences, again, that shit, the movie felt longer than an hour and 20 minutes. Like, you were not going to tell me that shit was an hour and 20 minutes because where? <laughs> um, there's, again, the annoying characters. There's a lot, there's like not a, there's that one redeemable character. Okay. I take that back. There's one redeemable character, and it is the uh, guy opposite the final girl. I don't know why I'm stumbling my words. But anyway, um, yeah, he's like the most redeemable fucking character, and I'll, I'll leave it there. But the last thing is there's some parts, too, where there's too much dialogue. Like, it's a bit wordy at points. Not, not in the sense of, like, big words and over, like, use of words like that, but, like, they just talk too fucking much at some point. So it's like, okay, that's just kind of... Some of it is cool. Again, some of the dialogue is cool, but I don't, it's hard to explain. Like, there's some points where it was just like... 
uh, it's hard. It's yeah, just watch it, and you'll you'll kind of get what I mean, um, because it can seem a little boring at some points. But again, most of the conversations are very interesting and cool. But at some points, we can just have maybe a little less dialogue and <clears throat> a little more action that also isn't drawn the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and rate it with that. I give it watchability. It is watchable. Um, outside of these like overland sequences, um, it is pretty cool. You know, visually, story wise, everything like that. So you won't you won't get bored watching it. Um, the kill count is pretty fucking high. I mean, the Santa Claus goes to this fucking city and just slaughters motherfuckers. So that's definitely up there. Um, I want to give it half for gore. Because all the kills are getting slasher. So all of them aren't necessarily gory, but there's a couple, you know, chops of bodies in half and shit like that with axes and axe picks and, and eyes and, you know, just some, some wild shit. So, yeah. <laughs> um, also, I give it half for cinematography because, again, visually, it's so fun. It's so colorful and not in an over. I don't think it's overdone. But I'm also one of those people who likes lights, and I've said it like eight times. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, actually, I'll leave it there. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to give it half for Killer Fear Factor. I mean, like, if that was a real thing, that's, that is actually fucking terrifying. But I wasn't scared, but I don't tend to get scared. So, yeah, I'll, fuck it, I'll give it to half. Because, again, that's the situation about that I, if I was in that is terrifying, I fucking killer psychotic santa claus robot chasing you that's like the terminator yeah that's pretty fucking scary either way <laughs> um definitely check it out it is on shutter um if you have sling or you know amazon whatever the case um definitely worth a holiday horror watch what do you want i want to hear you scream okay so i'm gonna start with my top five christmas horror movie kills um i'll start with in fifth place the sled kill from silent night deadly night now if you don't know the story about silent night deadly night i I, i'm pretty sure in the christmas episode or the yeah it was like a christmas episode i did last season i mentioned this film um it is in my top five like christmas horror films so that makes sense but there's a specific kill in the film and I'll, i'll share background of the movie the killer is basically um when he was a child, he saw his mom and dad murdered by a motherfucker dressed up like Santa Claus. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so he obviously grew up a little nuts. There's some other shit that happens in his life. But essentially, he grows up and he has to put on this Christmas, like, um, he has to put on the Santa Claus suit. And he works at, like, a store or something like that. And once he puts it on, he just, like, has a mental fucking break and decides to, you know, have a silent night, deadly night. And kills motherfuckers who are naughty so there's these fucking rude ass like um bully ass kids and they're like fucking bullying kids he sees them and so the two boys they go sled riding and it's fucking nighttime i didn't know well it was probably still like early it just gets darker early never mind brain went on a slight tangent but they're you know riding their sleds or whatever and the friend goes down first um one of the boys and then while he waits for the other guy as he's coming down on the side, Santa has a fucking axe. It's like naughty and chops his fucking head off. So by the time he gets down, his body is still on the sled. His head is gone. And his friend is just like freaking the fuck out. And um, 
yeah, that shit's fun. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say with this list, I specifically chose kills that utilize the setting or um, items, you know, so, like really related to Christmas. Because there's like a lot of fucking kills, but sometimes, you know, it's just the average stabs and stuff like that. So these kills specifically deal with like Christmas. <laughs> um, in fourth place, in Krampus, when um, we was the... Uh, the husband or the uncle, I forgot which kid. Well, he, they're both the same thing. They're both husbands and uncles. Either way, whatever. Um, he's swallowed by the jack-in-the-box. Krampus has some very interesting imagery. Um, I feel like I've seen it around a lot this year, too, which I think is so dope. But if you don't know the backstory about Krampus, essentially it's like a German um, folklore tale of a being that... There's different, there's different like tales. I'm not sure if this one is the official one, but if I'm not mistaken, he's like the son of Satan. And um, he goes around and, you know, gives the naughty kids fucking terror. Like, he just terrorizes anyone who's naughty. Um, so, you know, if you're good, you don't have to worry about it. But if you're fucked up, he's coming for your ass. And he decides to come for this fucking family. And the imagery in it is so fun. It's so fucking like, you know, there's fucking gingerbread man and crazy ass elf shit like it's just like a lot of like interesting christmas imagery in krampus so it's definitely a yearly watch for me um but yeah so the character he's swallowed whole by a jack-in-the-box and there's like two scenes with a jack-in-the-box there's one um where the jack-in-the-box is kind of like grows and shit but then there's the actual kill where he swallows the character and that shit looks crazy like prime like <laughs> a plus christmas horror um in third place black christmas the 2006 version listen i am a huge fucking fan of the 2006 uh, black christmas and i feel like it gets um overlooked sometimes by like horror snobs i'm personally not a horror snob i don't i can accept when a film doesn't take itself too serious or when a film is like you know just entertainment because this one was entertainment like it i was total i was thoroughly entertained i love the cast i love the setting how everything looks some of the, the camera angles work for me like the killer like everything for black christmas works for me like so i don't know i think it was just it's the idea of it being a remake that bothers people sometimes which i've mentioned on the show before too and that's totally understandable because sometimes remakes are ass <laughs> But nevertheless, I think this is one of the better ones. Um, and so there's two here. There's one where the um, there's like the the I don't, I don't remember what it's called. But she's like the leader of the um, sorority house and she's outside or whatever. And she gets killed by basically getting backed up into the garage. And there's a giant fucking icicle that just comes down into her fucking head. And that's a perfect usage of like the setting. And then just the other one is, and this was another setting-related one, one of the characters goes into the attic because she hears shit up, you know, hears noise up there, and she finds a Christmas tree and one of her friends dead. And she's like, oh, shit. And then the killer comes up behind her and just, like, rips her fucking eye out with his bare hands, or her bare hands. It, fucking nuts. Like, <laughs> um, there's a lot of eyeball shit in this that I just do not like um eyeball shit 
and ankle shit just really gets me. Like, because my ankles be hurting. <laughs> like, it makes my, I feel that shit. So, like, my ankles be hurting. My fucking eyes start watering and shit. Like, I have to close them. Like, oh, fuck this. Like, ugh. like, now they're hurting right. Like, I'm literally rubbing them as I'm saying this shit. Anyway, um, those are those. Um, second place is from this dog ass movie called Santa Slay. I discovered this shit back on the Comcast on demand days where they had like this, um, just random ass horror channel. Shout them out because I used to love that shit. But it stars um, the wrestler Goldberg, right? And he plays Santa. The story of Santa Slay is fun as fuck. Basically, Santa and Jesus, Santa was evil, but him and Jesus got into like an arm wrestle and Jesus bet him if he lost that he would have to spend a thousand years being kind and, you know, loving and all that shit. And that's basically what happens. And that's how his story becomes, you know, old Jolly St. Nick and all that shit. But the thousand years is up. And Santa said, fuck that. Like, Santa come back and just is storming through this fucking movie. Within the first 30 minutes, there's two kills that are like two of my favorite for Christmas horror. One, there's a motherfucker who's literally drowned in eggnog. <laughs> and just like outside of that, he, the kills are very brutal. So there's another person who gets a fucking Christmas star thrown at them with like a ninja star in the back. Um, another person with Christmas lights. He uses reindeer to run motherfuckers over. Like, it's it's insanely brutal for Santa, but fun as hell. And the other official one is when he stabbed a character in the head with a candy cane. Crazy as hell. It wasn't even sharp. <laughs> like like if you know um because in black christmas right i think of that it immediately, immediately made me think of the scene where the killer in that is like sucking on the candy cane until he sharpens it and then stabs homeboy in the neck and this wasn't like no i'm gonna wait to sharpen it nah i'm gonna just i'm so fucking strong i'm gonna stab you with this bitch and he does <laughs> wild um Next up is my first place, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies, uh, recent favorite Christmas movies. I watched it last year for the first time, and I watched it again the other day, and I was just like, this shit is nuts. Better watch out. Um, If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It starts off as like a Christmas home invasion, and it just turns into some whole other shit. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's it's fun. Um, But yeah, there's a character who basically has they one of the the um one of the kids is these two kids or whatever they essentially get this home alone idea to try or whatever and he throws a paint can over the staircase and that shit just like breaks this guy's fucking head like his skull is like I was like oh shit like looking back it's like that probably is actually what would happen um versus the cutesy home alone version or maybe not because horror can over embellish sometimes so maybe we'll never fucking know hopefully i never find out but yeah that shit was nuts man and it's my number one because again it's so christmas you know home alone is a christmas movie so it was like them flipping that on its head and i just think that's so perfect which is essentially what all christmas horror does but that was just you can't be home alone, right? <laughs> Let me know some of your favorite Christmas movie kills. Um, hit me up on Man of Horror underscore podcast. Yeah. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. Okay, so now let's go ahead and get into another week in horror. Um, Loki, I need to fucking call it weeks in horror because I've been missing in my A. Ain't that a bitch? But nah, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so one of the recent things 
I'm gonna share a couple of things. Um, one that totally fucking sucks. Um, and, and you may have seen it, may not, but Melissa Barrera from Scream 5 and 6 has been fired from Scream 7, are released, and with that, Jenna Ortega exited um, Scream 7 as well. And it happened within a matter of two days, of which, you know, the studio tried to claim it was because of Jenna's um, schedule, but I'm pretty sure it was because she had her back, you know. Essentially, she was just, you know, talking about what's going on, um, as far as, you know, Hamas and, and Palestine and all those things, um, I don't know too much, honestly. I just, it's it's very brutal from what I have seen, and I'll keep it there. But, like, um, you know, she really kind of just let her feelings out about it, you know, and made a post, and the studio, you know, just didn't like that. <laughs> and it wasn't anything bad or rude. It's just her feelings about it. I just say how how, you know, it's a genocide, you know, essentially what's going on. And just, again, just how she felt. And it wasn't anything, because I think they tried to frame it as anti-Semitic maybe, but it wasn't like hate speech or anything like that. Nothing inciting anything. It was just like, this is fucked up and and <laughs> we need to do something. And the media is, you know, showing this in the wrong light kind of thing. And they just were like, oh no, fuck that. And got rid of her. And with that in mind, it's like, I love um, Jasmine Savoy Brown and Mason Gooding, but like, I don't know if I'm going to go back to Scream. Like, I love, okay, so I will because I fucking love the Scream series, but it's just like, fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm probably going to have to wait till it comes out. I'm not going to go see it or anything. <laughs> um, another piece of news Jordan Peele, and I saw this and I got so excited because I know it's also going to be really eerie. Um, and just probably smart as fuck. Jordan Peele teamed up with the um, Doom Patrol writer Ezra Daniels to do the People Under the Stairs reboot. And I think that's going to be so fucking cool. I think it'll be so dope. Um, People Under the Stairs was one of me and my mom's favorite movies when we were younger. Or when I was younger. Well, she was younger too. When we were younger. Uh, <laughs> um, and this is like, it was, it's just fun. It's funny. It's, it's fucked up, but it's very funny. Um... And so it's something I'll probably watch when I go home next week. Red rum, red rum, red rum. And with that, before I let you guys go, I want to give you another holiday horror recommendation. On YouTube right now, there is one of the first episodes of Tales from the Crypt. And it is a Christmas episode. So go look that up. And I promise you, it's so fun. Um, It's hella cheesy. I mean, it's early 90s. I think this came out in 92, between 92 and 94, somewhere in that area, as far as visually, at least. And um, it's a good time. So check it out. Now, last, again, do not forget, before I let y'all go, um, The Cicada Diaries is available on Amazon. Please, please, please check that out. I'm so excited. I want to, I've been like super nervous. Like, you know, it's my first horror entry and I just want it to be really good and I'm gonna breathe <laughs> and and um, just trust that I'm gonna get better. And no matter what flaws I think I may have had in this one, um, but yeah, don't forget to follow the official Instagram page for the pod, Man of Horror underscore Podcast. And until next time, stay spooky, folks. Peace.